0: Recording on you. What's going on, everybody? Charlie already told me I look ridiculous. You guys don't have to. Uh, It's a fun outfit this week. (laughs) We're uh, jumping into a big show this week. We got uh, UFC 270 coming this weekend. We're recapping a great UFC on uh, ESPN this past weekend. And uh, yeah, first off, how you doing, Char, out there in uh, Eugene, Oregon, uh, in that messy-ass dorm room over there?
1: I, like I just cleaned up my dorm room a couple days ago, to be honest with you. It's so looking pretty yeah. right now. No more clothes on the floor. Everything's in the drawers, but doing pretty well. Um, got a lot of homework this week, got some stuff go. hours, so I don't go on social probation this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, don't, don't want know, to be on that one. Do. Looking forward to this week. Got some exciting stuff coming up. Yeah. Not really some much. Some great fights. On. Yeah, very, um, very interesting fight card this weekend. We got the NFL playoffs, so I'm very sure. intrigued by Oregon yeah. basketball. Has been putting together some big wins. We just beat the number three and number five team in the country back to back. So it's a, it's a good week to yeah, be it's stuck. It's going to be uh, similar to the Oregon football season, I think. Yeah. You know? Well, <laughs> just like. <laughs> I mean, it's completely different. We have like six losses already, and we're not even on the rankings, even though we just beat the number three, number five team. But we'll get yeah, yeah, it's yeah. out there in the tournament. It all comes down <laughs> to the
0: tournament. It does all come down to the tournament, yeah. Yep, I got one more week here at home in Evanston, Illinois, and we're uh, headed back to New York City where we got uh, our actual setup for this podcast. I don't know if you guys noticed how kind of poopy our audio was last week. But uh, next week we're getting back with the mic, and we're also going to be able to start using some – video editing tech to start posting some clips on Instagram because you guys didn't ask us that very many questions this week. So we got to interact with you guys a little bit more. Uh, Charlie himself is taking a little social media break. So I've kind of been handling it, but I got to, I got to put a little more effort on my part. Uh, make sure you guys interact with us because that's what makes the show. You know, you guys listening to us and I mean, we don't really care if you guys listen to us or not, but we, we always, uh, we always could use it. So I we're, we're going to start doing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with our personal start of the week, and I can ask you what your least favorite moment of uh, your combat sports career so far
1: was. I got two, two wrestling matches. Um, one, the first one I can think of was conference. Uh, it was in the wrestlebacks. I just split my head open in a pretty close match with a kid that ended up getting the best of me a bunch of times. And then the next match after that, I faced a kid from our rival high school, I was just so much better then, but I really wasn't in the right state of mind. I was frustrated about the, the first match; just wanted to get things over with. And I ended up after taking him down, turning him, blah 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 blah. I ended up getting cradled and stuck in the second period. So that's yeah. one of them. The other one was um second or er, I believe yeah second round at regionals against can name Shaller, who ended up going to the blood rounds at sectionals. I started off the match up, I think, like 8-0 or something. I took him down, turned him, held him on his back for like a minute, took him down again, and then I just got so gassed. And he yeah. put the pressure on me, took me down a bunch of times, let me go, took me down, let me go. And I ended up getting pinned with like one second left on the clock, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All of our kind of uh, career moments like that start off with us kind of getting up real big and then losing matches because we weren't necessarily in the cardiovascular condition to get there. That's kind of where I'm at with some of my matches. Uh, Well, my first one that I'm going to talk about is not actually about cardiovascular conditioning, but more so about a bad weight cut uh, my sophomore year against that same rival high school Uh, To the point where, you know, my body was kind of shutting down, but I decided to get on the mat anyway. I would cut in excess of, you know, 25 pounds in uh, five or six days. So I got on the mat and instantly the first shot he took, my entire body kind of locked up in sort of like uh, bad cramps. I couldn't move and I tried to stand up. I couldn't stand up. So they ended up calling the match, giving the other team 16 points and we lost by one. So, uh, yeah, that was real disheartening. Uh, The only real opportunity we had to beat that school. I beat that kid by eight points the very next week uh, when I managed to do my weight cut correctly. So that was really rough. Uh, And then the next one is uh, my first match of my senior year. I was coming off a uh, uh, cracked femur and a uh, torn meniscus and jumped on the mat to wrestle. Uh, And this kid from a high school far away, Geneva, he bumped up two weight classes. He was ranked sixth two weight classes below me. Uh, but bumped up to wrestle me in my first match. I got up to a big lead and my cardiovascular conditioning was not there. I ended up getting pinned at the end of that match. Uh, he went on to have a you know really good career wrestling uh, at the state tournament. And I just, you know, couldn't quite hang in that match. I, Yeah. Uh, those are the matches I always look back on. I'm like, what was I doing? But anyway, uh, got to get through those uh, tough moments to make the good moments feel a little bit better. So I think we learn a lot from those moments for sure. Yep. Yeah, that's all about that.
1: All right, <laughs> we can um, now we're gonna the, recap the fight card that happened this past Saturday. Um, great main event, a little bit I wouldn't say like a lousy lousy other main card, but there wasn't you know the <laughs> it wasn't the greatest card. Yeah, there was. It's not, not
0: going to win any events of the year awards. So let put no. it like that. I mean, mostly decisions. Uh, I think there were two stoppages on the card. Uh, but yeah, uh, give me your overall take on that uh, that main event fight, which is actually now it probably held that card up from being kind of a shitty card. Uh, and Calvin Cater, man, he looked like the real deal.
1: He did. Um, I really liked how Chikadze looked in the first round. Other than you know him getting taken down, I thought he was he had the speed advantage. His uh, shots that was were clear. hard. His yeah. shots were hard and clean. I thought, you know, watching the first couple minutes of the fight that Giga was going to go in there, hit him with some good stuff. Some of the shots he hit him with looked like they were really affecting Calvin. And I, I liked how he looked in the first round. I was seeing, like, you know, he could get this finish. And then Calvin kind of just wore on him and fought behind the jab, big elbows. That lead elbow was a really great weapon for Calvin. It was nasty. It ended up just battering Giga, you know. It, it was, like, almost like a – Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater type of battering. Yeah. Face was completely messed up. He looked, you know, pretty much broken by the end of the fight. Not to say that he was quitting by any means, because he was hanging in there yeah. the time. But there was he looked like a zombie. He was just like his hands weren't up. His shots were lazy and sloppy. And I thought that Calvin looked unbelievable. Best version of Calvin Cater we have seen to date.
0: Yeah. If that fight goes another 30 seconds, I think Calvin probably gets a stop. Um, real tough night for Giga, especially after all that shit, he was talking, seemed like he was looking ahead of, uh, Calvin trying to get that, uh, unbooked title fight against, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, but yeah, you know, I I really just think that, uh, you know, I think that actually like when a guy goes on a long streak like this and takes a loss, I think that it's good for him. I think that, uh, you know, it'll be good for Giga to go back to the drawing board, maybe, uh, you know, take a a fight maybe against the winner of Bryce Mitchell and Edson Barbosa, something like that. Um well just kind calling
1: of, some Barboza.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so if Bryce Mitchell wins that fight, then that'd be a good fight. I'd like to see. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I and then Cater on the flip side, I'd like to see maybe in there with like a Yaya Rodriguez type or a, a Brian Ortega type of. Yeah. I mean, those fights would just be nuts. That's
1: those what fights I'm would be insane. Said. I wrote down something about that uh that Calvin Cater versus Brian Ortega fight. I'm really interested to see that.
0: Yeah. If that was like that should be like a fight night main event type thing or like a co-main event on a pay-per-view. And uh, yeah, those those fights would just be insane. Yeah. All right. Now we
1: can get our working our way. I I don't really like, you know, people are like saying that Giga was maybe like too hyped up, and I don't really think that his status drops all that much from this. But you know, he still he still was the same fighter that we thought he was. He's got the kicks, the clean boxing. It was just, you know, he faced a better man that night. And I don't really see his status dropping too much from
0: this. I think, I think if anything, like, uh, it, well, I mean, I think a lot of people are saying that he was hyped up just because of all the shit he talked. But I think if anything, his stock rises considering we saw him go through the fire of an actual tough fight. He hasn't really had any tough fights since he lost in the contender series. And that was mostly just because of wrestling. Um, we haven't seen him really get battered and show off his chin. And that guy's got a fucking chin. I mean, his shit is crazy. For sure. He took to very hard. Yeah, and that like you you heard Calvin Caters like it's the thing with Apex. You can hear everything. You heard Calvin Caters corner yelling Stevens, and he throw that elbow that he threw mm-hmm. out Jeremy, knocked out Jeremy Stevens. But every time, and he just landed it every time. And Giga was just walking through him, and he didn't get dropped till like ten seconds left in the fight, and it could have even been stopped. But I don't know. Uh, just a, a great fight already, like a fight of the year contender. Uh, I'm sure we'll actually mention this one at the end of the year. I I don't imagine this fight will be the fight of the year. I have no illusions about that, but considering all the crazy fights we have coming up, but this is just an awesome fight. It's a great fight.
1: Uh, I think we can move on to a couple of the other fights on the card to touch on those a little bit. I wasn't too intrigued by most of them. I think we owe an apology to uh, Jay Collier, though. Yeah, we
0: we, we really shit on that fight, let's be
1: honest. Uh, he ended and, up having a pretty exciting performance. Uh,
0: another thing I learned about Jake Collier that I had noticed before, but I didn't like think too much of is Jake Collier uh, two years ago was a middleweight and he weighed in at two sixty four point <laughs> eight. So when he was a middleweight, he had a six pack. He was skinny. I mean, I got to maybe, I can maybe even find it. No, I don't want to even go through the, tr- I mean, you can find a picture and pull it up of a Jake Collier as a middleweight. He had a six pack and uh, you know, he went up to light heavyweight for one fight. Then took a fight against Tom Hospital. I think he weighed it at 230. And then all of a sudden now he's weighing 264.8. And he looks good. Like you don't really see that happen that much from those guys. He's put on 80 in the last two years. That's put a lot of
1: weight.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, he looks good doing it. Uh, Chase Sherman, obviously not like a ranked contender or anything, but a tough guy. And, uh, yeah, put on a good performance, an exciting performance, a fight that we kind of shouldn't a little bit. Uh, ended up being a pretty good fight. Like so this.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh talk about Brandon Royval too, very close fight. Uh you clearly kind of seem to be uh, so, I a mean, couple of takes. He won
0: the third round. Royval won the third round, I think. Uh rounds round one was kind of close. Royval was kind of hitting him however he wanted it on the feet. But uh Bontarine got like two, three takedowns in the first round. So I don't know. It was a real, real close fight. Uh yeah, I'm not really sure. I I, I, I thought he lost. Uh our father watching the card also thought he lost. Uh what was your take? Do you do you think he he pulled it off?
1: Um, you know, you talk about those takedowns and you know their significance to the judge's scoring, obviously, but Brandon Royval is the type of fighter that always stays active off his back. That's true. He was throwing up submissions the whole time. Yeah, and he does great work. So I don't really see those takedowns to be such a huge issue. Well, obviously they do weigh on the judge's scorecards, but I really think that Brandon uh, Royval's output and the combos that he was putting together kind of got it done for him. Obviously it was a very close fight, could have gone either way, but I do think that Brandon Royval should have won. I'm kind of biased because I didn't really know the other guy that well, and I'm a pretty big Brandon Royval fan, but <laughs> I, like the I saw him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a close fight. Um. You can talk about Caitlin Chikage, and She had an awesome performance, really surprised me. Apparently, didn't really surprise anyone else. It's kind of everyone picked her to win by decision. I thought Jennifer Maya, you know, being able to take down uh, Valentina Shevchenko for a round, like really said great things about her skill set. But Shikagian looked like an animal, uh, dominated the fight. But all of a sudden, uh, the UFC is elected not to renew her contract, uh, and she'll go into negotiations as a free agent. Uh, okay. So what do you think about this? She's gonna play the field. The UFC may like to resign her. Uh, but where do you think she goes from here?
1: Um, it's complicated because you know, the champions at these weight classes or is she am I on she's a 25 where Valentina is the champion? And so
0: I believe she fought Valentina. I believe so as
1: well. It's complicated because the UFC really needs new faces to be filtering in to actually create exciting fights. And it's yeah. really hard to, to get, like, an exciting fight against Valentina Shichenko at this point because... So, well, I would like to see
0: her against Talia Santos and for a number one contender's fight. That's what I would do next because Talia Santos is just shown to be an animal and she's, like, the next contender in the division. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, you could see Kaitlyn go to Bellator, the PFL, and actually probably make more money. Uh, but the UFC, you know, the prestige of fighting in the organization... Uh, you know, I see her as kind of like a, a Michael Bisbing type of fighter, to be honest, like she's been around for so long and you never know when her name could get pulled and when she could land that, that punch or, you know, she's real tough. She can go in there and scrap. Um, and who knows, Valentina's going to get bored eventually. So, I mean, I don't see anyone beating Valentina now, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of interesting things coming up. All right. Let's talk about Bill Algeo who proved both of us wrong, but also kind of just seems like the worst. Did you see his post-fight interview? No, I did not catch that. So it? Bill Algio said, I'll, I'll quote him, right? He said, are there any Giga fans here? And some people cheered He's like, go the fuck home. <laughs> I hope he loses to Cater, and then I can go beat up that skinny Biden voter and make him wish he never fought in the UFC. <laughs> so this dude just generally seems kind of like the worst. I don't know. Uh, definitely not deserving of a fight against giga considering the guy he fought was debuting and he was probably favored to lose that fight bill did look really good uh you know lost the first round but he came back to win the rest of them with his pressure uh good takedowns and it used his length real well uh but yeah no i just kind of don't don't get this guy
1: yeah i mean i just don't like when people bring negativity into like <laughs> sport is on, you know martial arts in general is built on respect and you know, all that. A little
0: negative. A little trash talk is good every now and again, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah. fight,
1: but that's just, like, toxic, you know. It's, like, yeah. after, you know, even these guys that you see yeah, before the fight's talking all this shit, like Colby and whoever, after the fight, they tend to show respect.
0: Yeah. And you, you see, know? like, Bill is, like, I think now he moves to, what, like, two and two in the UFC, talking shit about a guy who was, at the time, on a seven-fight win streak. Just, uh be careful where you put your punches, man. Like let's, uh let's, let's take it step by step. And, you know, I mean, Bill is a good wrestler. Uh, would be maybe nice to see him against someone of Vegas caliber one day, but take it step by step, bro. Let's uh let's see. And then a little last note from the card, uh, Court McGee, who won really the first season of the ultimate fighter that I ever watched uh, on the prelims, still getting a win, still getting out there, scrapping it up. he has gotta be at least 65 years old. Uh No, he's probably like 40, but, uh, do you, uh, what do you think about Court McGee and his legacy in the sport? Never really been top 15 guy, never really been a contender or anything, but uh, always just kind of stuck around.
1: Yeah, he's a super gritty fighter. Um, maybe not the most exciting, you know, uses his wrestling a lot, holds people down. Yeah, but I'm, I mean. I'm happy that he's still out there winning. I'm surprised that he's still signed. You know, Dana's letting all these guys go and it doesn't really yeah. seem like he well, does. it's
0: like him and Sam Elvey, like these gritty guys who maybe lose more times than they win, but uh, you know, just they're they're company men. They always kind of tend to say yes and they just get in there and fight. So yeah.
1: Good for yeah. him, man. Good for him.
0: Yeah, and that that uh ultimate fire season he was on, I think that was. Ultimate Fighter season eleven, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz back in the day. Seems like an eternity ago. It's when I first started watching fights, but you know, I got I get nostalgia from that. It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's do it. The big ones. You know, when you look at this uh, UFC 270 fight card, the main card is only four fights as of now because of some COVID dropouts, and uh, this is not the strongest fight card outside of the main event and the co-main. But the main event and the co-main are all-time fights. so, yeah, let's get into it. Since it's a pay-per-view card, we're going to do main card plus two. So, we're going to make six predictions. Uh, I'm going to start with you, the Bantamweight, uh, second-to-last fight of the prelims, Haoni Barcellos versus Victor Henry.
1: Um, I couldn't really find too much on this Victor Henry guy. Uh, he seems to, you know, not have a Wikipedia or whatever. But Jaone uh, <laughs> Barcellos. He seems like he's a tough fighter. He uh, dropped his last one on a majority decision. But other than that, he has wins over, like, uh, Sayed Namagameno, who's fighting later on that card. And he only has two losses on his record. And he's, uh, you know, had – you know, he went uh, 5-0 and in his first five fights in the UFC. So I'm picking him to win by decision. High yeah, up. I'm
0: picking Barcelos by uh, submission. I think that, uh, you know, Victor Henry – Obviously not like a super well-documented guy. How many he does have those wins over Saeed Nurmagomedov and was on a pretty big streak before he dropped his last fight to Ricardo uh, Hamos, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, I think it'll be a good showcase of his skill set. I'm looking for him to get a submission second or third rounder.
1: Absolutely. And we can move on to uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend, Rodolfo Vieira, or Rodolfo Vieira versus Wellington Truman. I think this is could be a fun fight, an interesting one to watch. It's always fun to watch a specialist like Hudolfo Houdal, get in there. Um, and this other guy, Wellington Truman, has lost three of his last five. And I'm looking for Hudolfo to get in there, take him down, and slap a choke on him.
0: Yeah. So let me just make sure you, Wellington, Terman. Terman, not, not yes. Truman. You um, said I, Truman, I, like, like the President I, of the United States. It's, it's Terman. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, like you I'm taking video by submission I think it's uh when Wellington wins he actually wins by submission he wins by using his ground game uh, and that's not going to do anything against Adolfo uh I think you know we've obviously seen that if Adolfo wins it's going to be early because his gas tank is uh <laughs> somewhat <good. to> suspect. <laughs> especially at 185 when uh he used to compete in jiu-jitsu at super heavyweight which is 220. Uh, so that's probably what he walks around at, around 220. And he cuts 25. He's one of the biggest middleweights in the world. Uh, I'm taking him to win by submission relatively early.
1: Yep. Uh, okay, moving on to the next fight. We got Cody Stamen versus Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, Nurmagomedov. No
0: relation to Khabib.
1: No relation. Just just Russian. Just um, Russian. Said Namigmanov is a pretty exciting fighter. has some some good finishes, and uh, I'm looking at this one as it's going to be like a close fight. You know, both these guys are high output, well-rounded fighters, but I think Said can get it done by decision.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Said has shown a, a lot of promise. He's taking that loss to Hany Barcelos, but other than that, has seemed uh, you know really good. Uh, in his performances, he's been able to put in a lot of uh, pressure work, similar to the Russian style of a lot of other fighters we see. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with uh, Nurmagomedov by decision. And then we can jump up to welterweight in a fight that was supposed to be Michelle Pejera versus Mosar Evolev, Evolev, which was going to be an incredible fight. Evolev undefeated. Uh, one of the main prospects coming out of the 2021, unfortunately had uh, issues with COVID was removed from the card and was replaced kind of by this untouted prospect, uh, Andre Fialo. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on this one, but I, I think we're looking at a short night here.
1: Uh, yeah. This Andre Fiallo guy will be making his UFC debut. He fought in a couple other organizations, Bellator, PFL. BFL. He uh, actually does have a win over James Vick, which is a good win. But I think Michelle Pereira can get it done by knockout. Michelle Pereira is still one of the most fun fighters to watch with all his antics and dancing around. And I think he can get a highlight finish here.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, Pereira's really shown a lot of growth and that went over Chaos Williams. Nobody really saw that one coming. Uh, You and me were thinking that's an easy fight for Chaos. Uh, And I would have really loved to see him against Ebaloya if that was a fight that was really going to showcase two prospects. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm looking at Prahera pretty early knockout here. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we move on to the big two fights. The one that everyone, the ones that everyone are tuning in to see, we got Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueroa three for the flyweight championship of the world. What are you picking here, Chuck? Um,
1: this one is really close for me, actually, you know, I, um, there's, I think Davison winning would be better for the division and, um, would be either way, it's going to be a great fight. But I think Brandon, you know, showing how if he can come out and perform like he did last fight, he looked pretty unbeatable uh, using his extremely well-rounded game, super fast hands, great grappling, great wrestling. Brandon Moreno looked like an absolute killer in that last fight. And I think he can get it done again by decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking Moreno by decision. Uh, his striking was on point. Uh, you know, his takedowns were really good. Uh, I don't think we see a finish this time around. I think Figueredo is going to make it a better fight. I also think he's got to do his weight cut a lot better. I think that hopefully uh, he's going to do his weight cut a lot better this time around to have the endurance to go five rounds. Uh, but in the end, yes, I am picking Brandon regardless, Moreno by a
1: decision. Regardless, uh, I see this being, you know, one of the the top, my top fights of the year as ones on yeah, the ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueiredo 1 is probably my favorite fight of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's truly showcased like all aspects of the game. Great takedowns, exciting striking, all that. Yeah. Extremely excited to see what happens here. I mean, this is like one of them also extremely unex Like, if you would have asked us about the title at this time last year, nobody would have known it was going to be Davison Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno fighting. Yeah. For the title. I
0: mean, two years ago, you're thinking about Cejudo, you're thinking about. You know, Demetrius Johnson, all these guys. And uh yeah, these guys are true, you know. If you think about it, uh Davidson figured Figueroa has been a barista, a hairdresser. Uh Brandon Moreno went uh two and two and was cut from the UFC. He's the Lego guy, he plays with Funko Pop dolls. Uh and you know, I love to see it. Like I, I love Brandon, he's he's like adorable. You know, <laughs> he's he, he's a he's a he's a good dude. Yeah, he's hilarious. And uh yeah, uh, you know, and if you look at the guy like since at least Jack Brandon doesn't look like a UFC fighter. You know, you look at him; he looks like a regular dude. And I love seeing regular dudes win, win fights. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it's fun. All yeah. right, the big Definitely one.
1: The big one. Uh,
0: Definitely uh, going to be uh, some contention between us on this. Yeah,
1: I mean, we already know, I think, but this is a fight that will probably be, you know, one of the biggest, um, like the biggest fights of the year. Everybody loves the heavyweights. Kind of as long as all combat sports, like our biggest stars in the history of the sport, heavyweight like Brock and Mike Tyson and all those guys. Um, And I think, you know, we have an extremely intriguing matchup between two training partners. And we got this guy named Francis Ngannou, who's the most powerful striker in the history of the sport. And I don't see with his, you know, new and improved skills, I don't really see Cyril Ghan being able to not get hit all fight. And I think Francis is going to win by knockout.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's the contentious point here by me. Uh, We've never seen a heavyweight move like Cyril. Um, We also know from the clips that, I mean, you know, sparring sessions tell very little, obviously, but you know that if you train with someone and then you go out there and compete with them, it actually can mean a lot at times. Um, And people are saying that Cyril actually maybe got the better of those sessions. Um, And obviously, Francis isn't throwing 100% power, and you can only ever feel that once. But Cyril's one of those guys who we've never even really seen hurt. Uh, He's been perfect throughout uh, his seven-fight UFC tenure. Never really been hit, never been hurt, never been taken down. Um, I see him staying on the outside using his jab, uh, allowing Francis to throw big punches at air, uh, using his kicks thrown to the body, getting Francis real tired. And uh, by the end, Francis is going to be getting pretty beat up, and uh, this is going to be a dominant decision win for Cyril And uh, this is a contentious point between us. We've known this for a little bit, but, uh, you know, I honestly do think it's much better. It's what the UFC wants for Cyril to win. The UFC really wants Cyril to win.
1: Because yeah, they don't want
0: to have to go through the negotiations with Francis, possibly and, losing a champion. Yeah. Um,
1: with all the boxing stuff and the... Yeah,
0: of- I mean, that's just like... And that, that you know, this was a close pick for me until I'm hearing all that stuff, right? Like, you know, Francis, you got to go fight Cyril Gaunt. And Cyril Gaon's like, you know, one of the most athletic heavyweights we've ever seen in the history of the sport. It's like him and Brock Lesnar. You know, like he's so fast, he moves like a seventy pounder. Um, and it seems like he's looking past them. So, yeah, uh, hard to pick Francis. I love Francis. I love his story. Uh, we've we identified him early on as one of the guys who we knew was going to be around for a long time. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I don't like what I'm seeing out of Francis. So I'm picking Cyril to win by decision.
1: Fair enough. Um, moving yep. on to the MMA news of the week, right? Some fight announcements. I'll let you take some of this stuff, Izzy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can move into our little news segment here, starting off with uh, possibly it was one of like, the biggest news of the week. We had that uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway fight get made. The next day it dropped out because Max was hurt. Um, the Korean zombie ends up getting the fight after uh, Giga Chikadze had called for the fight. Yair Rodriguez had called for the fight. And also, Henry Cejudo calls for the fight. Uh, The UFC says they don't take it seriously. They think that, uh, you know, you're retired. You want to fight. You want to fight for the title. Go win the title at 35 again and come up. Uh, What do you think of this pairing for the Korean Zombie? And uh, what do you think about uh, Henry Cejudo and all this nonsense?
1: Um, I'm personally going to talk a little bit about the Korean Zombie matchup. To me, it's not really the most intriguing matchup to make at this weight class, you know. I think it's more of a respect thing for Zombie, right? Yeah, I mean, the guy's been around forever. He, like, went to the, the Korean army, had to take a bunch of years off. And I love to see him with an opportunity to get the title. But I mean, this is a guy who his last fight is against, you know, Dan Ige. Right? Yeah, and, close
0: decision winning against Dan Ige. Uh, he lost to Brian Ortega in a fight that wasn't all that competitive. He was beating Yair Rodriguez until he got caught with that up elbow mm-hmm. with one second left in the fight.
1: And I just see like there being many more compelling matchups at this weight class than that. And I think it's going to be a walk in the park for Volkanovski, honestly.
0: Yeah. It's hard to pick against Volkanovsky in a fight like this. Um, but
1: one thing I think, you
0: know, that like the UFC can at least sell this as an exciting fight. You never really see the zombie in a boring fight. It's what he is. He's a zombie. He comes forward, he takes punishment. He's so hard to finish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, Alex is probably going to take him down and use the wrestling and use the, the pressure power to beat him up. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's good for Zombie. I, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, but, yeah, tough night at the office for him. I think this is a pr- pretty brutal beating. Uh, so, which matchup would you like to see out of those that were mentioned?
1: Um, I would like to see Yair, probably. Yeah. He just came out off of a, one of Max Holloway's closer fights that we've seen him in recently, other than the Volkanovsky fights. He really showed a lot of good stuff in there against Max Holloway, who most people thought was going to put the absolute whooping on him.
0: So, um, but you think about this the Korean zombie won 24 minutes and 59 seconds of his fight against Sierra Rodriguez. He got knocked out with one second
1: left. That was a close fight, though. That wasn't really like an ass. He was winning. He was, he was, he was going w- to win on
0: judge the judges' scorecards.
1: He was winning, but it wasn't. A 24 minutes and 59 seconds. Well, all right. we're,
0: we're not going to say that he dominated. That's fine. But he, if that fight had gone one more
1: second, he would have won. Can we say that? Yes, we can say that. But also, you know, Yair Rodriguez is a different fighter now. He
0: Understood. Was. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked, I liked uh, his training with Izzy Martinez. He's doing the wrestling stuff. Obviously, Max still took him down. But uh, yeah, you know, I think it's tough for the UFC to try to turn him around. I'm not even sure if he's uh, eligible to fight yet because he did take a pretty big beating in the Max fight um but yeah it'd be interesting uh i see yeah i I think volkanovsky is just kind of even starting to rise above i mean have you seen clips of this dude training this dude like he has three people come in on him and he shoots double legs on everyone for 25 minutes straight without resting (laughs)
1: that's a long time hellish hellish
0: i'd be dying i'd be dying after like three minutes of doing that probably yeah so i don't know i mean this dude volkanovsky is insane he's an animal um and honestly, whatever he does is must see TV at this point. He's one of the best pound for pound fighters on earth, and uh, looking forward to seeing this fight. Honestly, because Zombie's tough, you know, Zombie's tough. And he's OG, and even though Volko is going to win, still want to see it. All right, now we can talk about the the little short dude with the Burger King crown, uh, who thinks he should have got the title shot at 45 after not fighting for two and a half years. What do you think about that? What do you think about Cejudo?
1: Cejudo is all antics. I've, I haven't really been a fan of his since he started, you know, to talk all this. Nonsense. When he first came up in the UFC, he was like a very humble guy. And I think after he beat Demetrius Johnson, it kind of got to him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. but it worked
0: though, right? Like, you yeah. know, and I, uh, you know, I think we see different sides of him. I think actually this time around, like, He, you know, his post was no cringe, no gimmick. I want this fight and I'm working hard for it. But at the end of the day, like, you know, there's a point like he didn't, he hasn't done much to earn it in the past two and a half years. And the UFC really did not love how he retired. It wasn't a good retirement. You know, he had a lot of fights for him at 35. He retired as kind of like, I feel like a contract ploy because he wasn't getting paid enough. Uh, But, you know, the guy doesn't really do crazy pay-per-views like that. You know, he's got a point. Because of the whole GSP thing. GSP came back uh, and fought in weight class, never fought in for the title. But that's a very unique situation. GSP was in the UFC for 15 years, uh, did the biggest gate ever in Canada. And uh, then after that, uh, you know, he's a legend in the sport. You know, Henry is obviously a legend in the sport, too. He's one of the best combat sports overall athletes ever. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's tough. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, that's all, that's all we got on that
1: one. <laughs> yeah, you we can jump into the, the, the next thing. All right, yeah. Which I find to be very exciting, uh, one of my favorite guys to watch. I think one of the most exciting guys to watch in all of the sport. Michael Page finally gets a shot at the t- – or he got a shot at the title against Lima when he got – He didn't, he
0: didn't the- get a title shot that was in the Bellator welterweight tournament where oh. he lost to Lima. And he just recently got revenge on that loss to Lima by decision a couple of months ago, I believe. I believe that was in England as well. And now he's getting to fight uh, a sleeper pick for actually one of the best pound-for-pound fighters on earth, Yaroslav Armasov, who is 26-0 and has n- really never lost a round.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, like, predictions for this fight. <laughs> I have no clue because Michael… I mean, uh, Amasov beat Lima from bell yep. to bell. I think it would be like 50 yeah, and the, it was a split decision the second time. Yeah. Lima and Michael Page. but So um, tough
0: to pick against Amosov here, but you never know with MVP.
1: He's going you know, to yeah. be throwing crazy shit. You no, know, I think if he can time one of those knees or, you know, yeah. uh, stay on the outside and just pick – Not him get him. taken <laughs> down. <laughs> uh, yeah, not get taken down. He's got a chance, but I'm really excited for this one. Everybody, uh, if you've never seen Michael Page fight before. I Yeah,
0: dude, dude is
1: awesome.
0: Like any. He's just infectious. He went on the Ariel Hawani show yesterday, and that was awesome. But then a couple weeks ago, when he went on, uh, he was like DJing and like played a beat, and that was fun. Like Ariel got up pursuing his like ugly Jew dance, and it was was hilarious. I
1: believe if Uh, he was in the UFC, he would be one of the biggest stars in the world. Oh, yeah.
0: And, you know, he was actually a free agent recently, and I think he talked to the UFC, but I think Bellator was willing to offer him more money, obviously, because, you know, he's kind of one of the faces of Bellator, and they need him desperately. The same reason why I think that like PFL's just gotta back up the Brinks truck for Kayla Harrison. Like I don't understand what they're doing right now. They're fumbling the bag. But anyway, um another crazy uh fight announcement of the week, a fight that we never thought would get made. Um uh, we all wanted, never thought it would actually happen. Colby Covington versus Warrior Mosbadell is official as the as the main event of UFC two seventy-two. Uh it's not in Florida. But the next month's card is in Florida. I don't know why it's not in Florida. Like, you feel like they should make this one in Miami. Uh, but what do you think about this fight?
1: Um, I'm really excited. I think, you know, both of these guys are some of the top competitors at the weight class, especially Colby. Um, and we're going to get a lot of hype, you know, all being one of the biggest draws in the sport nowadays after, you know, knocking on Askren and all that stuff. Street Jesus. Yeah. It kind of all brought a new wave of fans in. But uh, I don't really see many ways that he wins this one. To be honest, yeah.
0: So this is a fight I think is built on the talk, not so much on the competition. I don't think it's that competitive of a fight. Uh, but I want it to be. I really want it to be very badly. Uh, so I'm going to think that it is, and I'm going to look at it as though it is. I'm going to pick up all the details of Masvidal that I think can make him in the fight, and who knows? By the end of it, all, I might even pick him to win.
1: I probably won't. Act about uh, Obie Covington. He's from Springfield, Oregon. I believe his home, his childhood house, is about twenty minutes away from where I really? currently, yeah, where I currently stay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was born in Springfield. Uh, he might have lived in Gilroy,
0: California, first, or Clovis, California. But uh, I know he did live in Springfield, Thurston, Oregon. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that's pretty close to you.
1: Yeah, it's about twenty minutes, fifteen minutes away.
0: You're you're looking like you can see it out the window, like <laughs> Colby Covington. You there? <laughs> oh oh we got a roommate entry
1: yeah oh. <laughs> all right we can move on to the next topic I believe about <laughs> Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy yeah
0: push- Misha Tate dropping down to 125 for the first time in her what feels like eternal career uh, you know she's really seems like she's trying to make a play to get a title t- title shot but she doesn't want to fight Juliana Pena uh, what are your predictions for this fight
1: Um, I really love Misha Tate and uh, she's been around forever, held a title mm-hmm. at one point. And I think she can get this done at a lighter weight class if everything goes well with the weight cut.
0: Yeah, I honestly think that this fight, if she wins this fight, she goes straight straight to a title fight. Um, and the, that division really needs it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it either, it either will be like that or, you know, I mean, we'll talk about a scenario later on where possibly uh, Valentina would jump up to 35 to fight Pena and then I could see Misha Tate versus Talia Santos for like a, you know, interim title type deal. Uh, but, you know, these are two very real possibilities. Uh, but, yeah, you know, if Misha Tate does the weight cut correctly, shrinks her body down to that particular size. Uh, She's never been the biggest 35. And we see people at that, like, her last fight at 35, I don't remember uh, the individual. She fought what her name was, but that, that, that girl was so big for 35, so much bigger than her. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think this is a good move for her. And I think that division badly needs parity. So I like the move. All right. Now we're going to talk about something. that's just going to be like, I don't even know. Leon Edwards is getting a title shot uh, against Kamar Usman uh, reported by uh, UK media. They asked Dana White. He said 100%. Uh, this fight's going to go down in uh, late April or early May. And, I mean, just golly. What do you think about this?
1: Um Want to clap it up for Leon? Nobody thought he knew <laughs> what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, nobody thought he was um, he was ruining his career. But it nah. seems like he um, he somehow came to a deal with Dana, and it was what he wanted. Which not many people have the negotiating power and to do that. So um, I'm excited for him. I don't think it's going to be a very close fight. Um, isn't Leon's yeah. only loss in the UFC to Kamar Usman?
0: Yeah, it was a decision. I think
1: 29-28. Yeah. Uh, I believe, you know, Leon has not been nearly as active as Kamaru and is not yeah. been in his game. Year. I mean, we really saw him almost get knocked out by Nate Diaz. I We're- mean, you're
0: basing that performance on that. I think it's a closer fight than a lot of people are letting on. Uh, Leon really showed a, dy- a dynamo of skills in that fight. Uh, I will be honest. I was watching it on my phone, uh, and I was falling asleep. Um before he almost got knocked out, and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> what's happening? And Diaz probably could have knocked him out if he put it together. But, uh, yeah. And then this leads us to our next kind of bit of news where uh, Chumaya, uh, we're talking about Hamza, Hamza Chumaya, where Dana White on BT Sport UK was looking above his fight pairings and he said uh, it's going to be Chumaya versus Burns or Chumaya versus Luque. Uh, and it's looking like probably going to be Chumaya versus Burns on that Brazil card in April. Uh, all sources pointing towards that. Uh, now that this fight's finally coming together, I mean, this hype is just crazy. I mean, w- w- what do you think? Like, I mean, I, we talked about this last week, I guess it's an appropriate step for Chibayev, uh, but then where does Luke go?
1: Um, I'm not really sure, you know, you got all those guys really in line to fight Um, for the title against uh, Kamaru, like we were talking about earlier. And I think the kind of the path that the UFC is hoping for is just for Hamza to win and uh, for him to be able to get the title shot. But I think there are other compelling matchups for Burns I would have to or for Luke, I have to look at the rankings really quick. But I'm yeah, I'd like to
0: see maybe Luke versus Sean Brady. Oh yeah. Or even a rematch with Bilal. I know he beat Bilal already, but Bilal's on a tear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like both of those matchups. Um, yeah. Probably the
0: Sean Brady fight makes a little bit more sense, but I am hesitant to say that because that kind of does leave uh, a a little high and dry in a situation like this. Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm always rooting for the guy below. I really want to see him do well. So really, really hope, uh, he gets, finds himself in that mix somehow, but I uh, looking tough right now. I don't know. Yep. All right. Uh, going to the UFC London card, uh, looking like all of this is unofficial Darren Tilvers versus Uriah Hall, Dan Hooker versus Arnold Allen at 45. Uh, what do you think about these two fights, Craig
1: and Um, You know, I think Darren Tilvers versus Uriah Hall is an extremely fun fight, but I don't really like what it says for either of these guys' career because I'm big fans of both of them. And I yeah. really think that like, you know, somebody has to lose, right? And yeah. look very poorly for whoever loses. I could see them maybe getting, you know, their contracts dropped because Yeah, like, contract know.
0: dropped or like getting pushed to the last fight um, Yeah You know, I think it's the right fight for Darren. I think it makes sense for Darren uh, Uriah, it's a really hard matchup I think uh, unless he lands something funky, I think Darren's going to be the big favorite uh, well this fight's boring you? You're yawning at it?
1: No, I'm just tired, man I'm just
0: tired. <laughs> All right We got late nights over here. All right, Dan Hooker versus Arnold Allen. I love this fight.
1: Me too, absolutely. Arnold Allen is as tough as they come. Um, have we we haven't seen Dan Hooker down at forty five yet, right? No. Uh, well,
0: earlier in his career, he was down at forty five, but
1: um, you know, I think Dan Hooker is ever dangerous, and Arnold Allen is as tough as they come. I think it's going to be a like a brawl. Dan Hooker's, you know, one of those guys who's never in a boring fight. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do at the new weight class after developing all those skills that he learned at lightweight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely favor Allen in this fight, just because, like oh. you know, you're going to see that uh, you know Dan's getting to the new weight, but you know, I mean, it's a barn burner no matter what. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see it. All right, uh, we're talking about Amanda Nunes. We talked about her, I believe earlier, but maybe not. Um, she leaves uh, American Top Team to start her own gym. Uh, and then Dan Lambert's her manager, who he also owns American top team. So what do you think about this whole thing? What do you think it says for her trajectory?
1: Um I don't really like it. It's yeah. like it seems like she's trying to put blame on other places than herself for the loss. And I don't think it's a really healthy way to look. I mean, I don't know the intricacies of, you know, what they do in training camp and if there's problems with, you know, she's not getting the training partners that she wants or the conditioning or whatever that she wants. But You know, I don't think you should have to put blame on your training camp for a bad performance in your team. So I think this says
0: two things. I think it says Amanda Nunez is thinking about retirement. So she wants to build up, get some money going, get other revenue streams coming in. Uh, And two, it says that uh, she thinks Kayla Harrison is getting real good because she sees Kayla Harrison every day at ACT. They train together every day and uh, she doesn't want to give Kayla Harrison uh, any more chances to fight. I think the odds of that fight happening are becoming more unlikely as the days go by where we don't see that rematch booked with her and Pena. Uh, I think the sooner that happens, uh, the better, but yeah, no, I, I think it does not bode well for her.
1: I agree completely.
0: So here's a question. Do you think, well, I guess we can talk about this later, but do you think 22 is the last year we see Nunes next fight? I,
1: I have that written in my, uh, in some of my, my things later. All right, we'll talk
0: about that. We'll talk about that We'll talk
1: later. about that later. All right, all right, all right. Then
0: um, our last little piece of news is Dana White commenting on the ESPN pay-per-view price hike from $69.99 to $74.99. It uh, cost about, I mean, what was it like? Around 10 grand to be a UFC fan this year. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: It's an, exp- it's an expensive toy. <laughs> I mean, what else could you say? It's like honestly bullshit if you ask me yeah i mean if you really want to grow the sport to a point where it can be as big as the nba nfl you have to make it more accessible to more people yeah. and i know you've got all the online streaming stuff which really is not that hard it's not that hard to watch the fight card if you really want no it's not
0: if you really want to it's very easy
1: but you know not everybody is willing to knows knows the websites and all that stuff and so i think it would really be smart for dana to you know, if you can find a way to make it profitable to make it more accessible on you know bigger networks like the NFL and NBA do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh it's interesting. Uh Dana says he has no control over it, would probably like it to stay at the price that it is, but yeah, I don't know. I should yeah, I should clarify it's not ten grand to be a UFC fan. It's like a thousand dollars. I did math wrong in my head, but uh yeah, ten grand. I was like, that seems like a lot. That's not correct, but yeah, about 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 a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars to be a UFC fan this year, if you include all the descriptions and everything. But that's ten grand would be too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. Okay. Be, so we can jump right into finger. our. All right. All right. Yeah. Jump our, right uh, our our predictions, yeah, our predictions pred-
0: thing of the week. Uh, so we're gonna yeah. predict in one year's time. Uh, who's going to be the champion at each weight class and then make a bold prediction for that particular weight class. Charlie.
1: Start off with women's 115. I believe Rose Namahunas will still hold the title at that weight class. At the end of this year, she's still a young fighter, learning a lot about herself, um, really improving on her confidence in the mental aspects of the game, uh, working with Trevor Whitman and one of the top, you know, one of the top up-and-coming gyms in the world now. Uh, So I think she will hold the title and my bold prediction is that Amanda Lemos will fight for the title at some point next year, which I maybe is not that bold, but yeah, she's good. She is great.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. So I also have Rose Namunas as my champ and my bold prediction for the year is that uh, Rose moves up to 125 to fight Valentina Shevchenko and lose this.
1: Okay. Interesting one. Yeah.
0: Not that bold could happen, but uh, yeah, we haven't seen much interest to do that from her in the past. I think it's a good fight to make that nobody's really talking about, but uh, I think we see that actually maybe around summertime.
1: Yeah, I definitely got some uh, some predictions that maybe have something to do with that too, especially um, – are we going to talk about men's 125 next? Though? Yeah, we're getting
0: into men's 25.
1: Um, I believe men's 125 at the end of the year. Brandon Moreno will still hold the title. And you're going to have to hear me out on this okay. one. Okay. By the end of the year – we there is a certain universe where we could even see a Brandon Moreno versus Figueroa four, I believe. It's very possible.
0: Yeah. I mean if Figueroa wins the fight, they have to do the fourth
1: fight. Yeah. They have to do it. So
0: is that your bold prediction that we
1: see? My bold prediction. Yeah. Figure Okay. Figueredo four. Uh
0: my champ at the end of the year is Askar Askarov. Uh and my bold prediction is that he beats Alexandre Pantoja for the belt.
1: I believe that... Uh, I mean, how do you see all that playing out?
0: I see that Brandon Moreno wins this fight. I see him getting Pantoja in the summertime, losing. I see Oskarov beating... Uh, and it's a close decision. to lose to Pantoja, close decision. I see Askarov beating Kaikara France. I believe they're booked for late March. And then I believe towards the end of the year, we see that fight go down, and Oskarov uh, beats Pantoja for the title by decision.
1: Okay, fair enough. All
0: right,
1: now moving on. Okay, to- women 25. Um, in my mind, there is no doubt that Valentina will still hold the title in this division year. And my bold prediction is kind of similar to your bold prediction for the 115 weight class. I say there will almost 100% be some super fight booked with Valentina during next year, just because there's no real draws in any of those divisions other than super fights at this point.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. Definitely. I mean, nobody's touching Valentina the way she's fighting. Um, But I think uh, she'll be booked in one or two super fights. Um, But I think she has fought or will fight, be booked to fight Talia Santos by the time the year is over. Okay. I think Talia Santos uh, puts herself in that position. I think she's either an interim champion with a win over Misha Tate or the number one contender at that point. And, uh, I think that's a super fight in and of itself. If she's built herself up to that stature. That's true.
1: Right. Men's 35. Um, I believe that Petr Jan will still hold the title at the end of the year. Uh, my predictions have not been the boldest so far, as you can see, yeah. a lot of people are retaining their titles. It's just hard to really see anybody beating Petr Jan with the way he's been fighting and for he sure. hasn't even been around for that long. He's still growing and learning. I mean, you could see that he's still learning. he beat Al Jermaine, Sterling in the head while he was down. That's not something that a real UFC vet would do. Um, and my bold prediction of the from this is a matchup that I really want to see during next year is Sean O'Malley versus TJ Dillashaw. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Petrion is also my champ at 35. Again, not super bold here. Uh, but my bold prediction, again, this isn't bold. I think he beats Aljo, he beats TJ, and he beats Jose Aldo. Uh, and I think he's the fighter of the year 2022. Awesome. All right. Women's 135. Who do you got?
1: Um, I think that Valentina Shechenko will hold the title at women's 135 by the end of the year. That's my prediction. Yep. And my my bold take was that Amanda Nunes will retire.
0: So here's my prediction. You ready for this? Um, I also have Valentina as a champion at 35. I think she's the double champ. Um, I think... Uh, Amanda beats Peña in the rematch. I think it's going to happen early summer. I think she retires, vacates the title. Then um, they do Valentina versus Peña for the vacant title, and uh, Valentina wins that fight.
1: So we seem to be kind of on the same page with that one. Yep.
0: All right. Men's
1: 145. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we're just
0: going to keep tracking these. but You might have a different one here.
1: Um, I have Max Holloway as a champion at the end of the year. I think uh, he won that second fight against Volkanovski, and you know we saw great versions of him versus Yair Rodriguez and Calvin Cater. And my bold prediction of the year was that we will uh, next year we will see the Calvin Cater rematch with Max Holloway. Ooh. I think, Interesting. you know, Calvin doesn't, and you know, Calvin is gonna uh, keep winning these fights.
0: So you think he gets by Ortega?
1: Yeah. Okay. I like that.
0: So my prediction is uh, Alexander Volkanovski will be the champion. Uh, I think the version of him that we saw against Ortega to go through the, the fire be tough here. Um, I, I don't see anyone beating him, but here's my prediction. I think he doesn't even fight Holloway this year. I think Holloway is it really hurt. Uh, there's a lot of mystery mystery surrounding his injury. And I don't know, maybe we'll see Max go up to 55 and fight a Connor. Maybe we'll see Max go do some stuff to try to make money. Max is young. He's got a lot of longevity in the sport. He can come back and fight Volkanovski whenever he wants. Uh, but I don't know if we see Max going that route now.
1: Yep. That's fair All enough. All
0: right. Women's 145.
1: Oh, I mean, is there – on the UFC website, there's not even rankings for women's 145. <laughs> there is not rankings. Literally just – just manages, manages the chat. Yeah. Uh, so. You think
0: there's no division? Yeah. One-year one son.
1: Likely. I mean, yeah. I think there will be no division. I did not write down anything for women's 145 because there's no rankings.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Kayla Harrison will be the champion at women's 145 in one year's time. I think they'll line up a fight for her against really whoever. It doesn't really matter. Um, and I, th- my bold prediction, and I, it's really hard to say this because they've been trying to do it for so long, my bold prediction that women's 145 in one year will become interesting. I know it's really hard for it to become interesting, but we saw, it with 20, we saw it with 25. It happened real quickly with men's 25. Even women's 25 wasn't super interesting. Now we got a lot of rising contenders coming up the ranks. Uh, so, yeah, my bold prediction is women's 145 becomes interesting. <laughs> All right, your prediction.
1: Uh, for men's 55? Yes, men's 55. I believe Islam Makachev will hold the belt at the end of the year. I think um, we'll see that fight versus Charles Oliveira very soon. It'll probably be the next time Charles Oliveira fights, if you ask. Or, no, he's fighting Gaethje, right? Yeah. So, after that, I believe it'll be the next time that Charles Oliveira fights after the Gaethje one. And my bold prediction of the year is that Conor McGregor will fall off the UFC rankings and maybe retire.
0: All right. Uh, I also have Islam Makhachev as my champ at 155. And – but my bold prediction for the year is that Makachev versus Oliveira takes place in like a November to 7, December card. And that's the fight of the year. Uh, it's a real close back-and-forth battle. And I think we have an immediate rematch booked in 2023 to end the year. That's what I think. I think I think that's just an incredible fight, um, back-and-forth battle. And uh, I think, yeah, we'll see an immediate rematch booked for the beginning of 2023. I think a lot of people will be upset that Oliveira – I think it's a decision. I think people will think Oliveira wins. Um, and yeah, all right, uh, 170.
1: 170, I have Kamaru Usman still holding the belt by the end of the year. Um, people are talking about him. You know, I think there's a chance he moves up to 85, but I, even if he does, I don't see him really vacating the 70 belt because it doesn't seem like he's had much trouble making the weight or anything. So I see Usman holding the title. And my bold prediction is that um, at some point in the year, we'll see a Sean Brady versus Hamza Shamayev title eliminator.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Um, All right. I also have Usman as my champion, but I took a real deep cut from my bold bold prediction. Uh, Usman will fight only once in 2022. He'll win a close decision over Leon Edwards and say he needs to take more time, spend time with his family. I also think he'll possibly be injured in that fight. Uh, And then Hamza beats Gilbert Burns and then wins the interim title over Colby Covington late in the year. Interesting. It's a real, real, real...
1: I mean, real swing. <laughs> mine is a real thing, too, just under the fact that they want to rush Hamza into a title shot as fast as he can, really. Yeah. Uh,
0: but, you know, I think it's possible. And I mean, can you imagine the shit that would be talked in a Hamza Colby fight? Can you imagine? That'd be so great. Like, I love every second of that.
1: <laughs> okay. All we're right. On to 185. I have yep. Whitaker holding the title at the Ooh, end.
0: Of Here we go.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he gets the job done against Israel Adesanya in this upcoming matchup, and um, my bold prediction is that Paulo Costa will get busted for steroids and eventually (laughs) (laughs) dropped by the UFC. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. Love it. All right, here's my hear me out. Israel Adesanya will be the champion at 185, but he'll be the champion again. I think that uh, he'll lose the fight to Robert Whitaker. I think Robert Whittaker will defend the belt once. And I think at the end of the year, we'll uh, get it back by knockout uh, and possibly maybe say goodbye to 85. Who knows? Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. Moving on to 205. Um, we, we may even have the same one here. I've we used, definitely do. We have, I've heard yeah. holding the title by the end of the year. He's looked like absolute wrecking machine. And I have, a, I have a pretty interesting uh, deep cut here. I think that by the end of the year, Jamal Hill will fight for a title at some point. So I have exactly the same thing. Really? <laughs> I That's have a- Yuri
0: Prasca as my uh, champ. And then I have Jamal Hill will be booked to fight for the title or will have fought for the title by year's end.
1: That's kind of... That's pretty random. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, but like, you know, he's
1: looked real good. I think he has a
0: fight booked, actually. Does he? Uh, let me look. I-, I actually know he does, but I want to make sure before I say who he's fighting um johnny walker that's oh, a great fight yeah i mean hopefully we see the johnny walker that actually wants to fight uh it didn't really look like that against uh you know against tiago santos but i think that fight puts him two steps away from an title. i think he wins that fight uh and then he'll wow. have to fight uh, a Rakic or anthony smith kind of guy uh, and then he'll be right in the conversation for tel shot
1: mm-hmm. okay all right heavyweight Moving on to 265, I have Francis holding the belt at the end of the year, which kind of seems unlikely with all the all the things that, uh, you know, he's been talking about. But I think the UFC is going to hunker him down. He's going to, you know, after he beats Cyril, he's going to realize, you know, what a draw he is and where the money is really at. And my bold prediction of the year is that Stipe will retire and Jon Jones will lose for the first time ever, quote, unquote, even though he has one loss on his record, he's never really lost. I think you'll lose for the first time ever at this weight class.
0: So my heavyweight champion is John Jones. Uh, and I have actually two bold predictions. I think that uh, my first bold prediction is that Tom Osmanall will be in the title conversation. Um, I don't think he'll quite be deserving of a title shot yet, but he'll be either one fight away or people will be clamoring for him to fight for the title. And my real bold prediction, which a lot of people won't see coming, John Jones versus Derek Lewis will be scheduled or will happen in 2022. Nah. Uh, I really want to see it. I'm just hopeful because I mean, can't imagine that, like, I mean, just to hear Derek, Derek, is. he'll just have so much material. Yeah, he will. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it would just be so great. And I, I would just love every minute of it. Me too. I don't think that fight would be close at all though. Well, you never know with Derek, right? You didn't think the Curtis fight was going to be close at all either.
1: But it's not, it's not Curtis Blades. It's John Jones.
0: 100%. Yeah, I understand. All right, that's it for us. Uh, We'll pull we'll pull that up on social media this week. Uh, I was largely dominant in the uh, the MMA awards of the year, but uh, you know, Charlie's taking a social media sabbatical, so he can't really advocate for himself. Yeah, I know.
1: Polls (laughs) were
0: get like all the votes. No, no, no. You you won obviously with Dana White over Ben Askren for promoter of the year. Um. But, uh, yeah, I think the rest of them I kind of carried. All right. Uh, we got our two top five games of the week. Uh, you want to start with the funny one or the serious one?
1: Uh, I think we can start with the funny one. Uh, All right. I have written down first, so why not?
0: All right. Our funniest MMA fighters in history, kind of like a basic one this week, but we, we had a lot to a lot to work with.
1: All right. Yeah, quick layover from last week's episode. Kind of. I mean, it's been a week, right? Never mind. So, yeah. Uh, I got number five a guy who kind of likes to play the bad, the bad guy role. Uh, I used to really not be a fan of his. I thought he was kind of shitty, talked too much, but I've kind of grown to really like him. I think he's really funny. He does a great job with the commentary, the man with one eye and Michael Bisping. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. uh, My number five, I actually kind of have a sleeper pick uh, because she doesn't speak English, but uh, Zhang Wei Li is hilarious. I mean, you, when, you remember when, like, Joanna was talking all that mess to her in the face and she just, like, Jane just grabs the mic and says, shut up, <laughs> puts it down. Like, love to see it, yeah. Um, she always has, like, she doesn't know very much English, but she has, like, quick, witty one-liners, and as her knowledge of the language improves, I predict we'll see her getting much funnier.
1: Absolutely. Um, number four, I got another English man. Uh, maybe, you know, one of the... the the funniest guys and i mean this is what the list is but his instagram is absolutely hilarious <laughs> and always on point yeah he does those little photoshops with the uh yeah. his face, and everyone else's constantly, face constantly roasting ariel hawani
0: you want to say what he says to ariel
1: he, he's always just talking shit about his nose i don't even know what it, <laughs> what what are you what are you talking about do you fuck your wife with that? Oh, note? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got Darren Till at number four.
0: Yeah, I actually have Darren Till at number three, but we already talked about him enough, so I'll, uh, I'll just include him in here. Uh, my number four, I have Ben Askren. Uh, you know, like, he's just, like, his persona for him is just perfect. The whole boom-roasted thing was just generally hilarious. Like, he knows it's, like, not that funny, but just because of who he is, it just makes it hilarious. Uh, it's just like uh like you ever seen like the Office episode, yeah. Michael Scott doing the boom roasted. It's like, Stanley, y- your heart sucks. Boom roasted like that. That kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just like eleven ind- and weigh
1: ninety pounds. Boom roasted. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's corny, but uh, it's hilarious. All right, so I already said my number three is Darren Till. Who's your number three?
1: My number three is a, a little bit of a retro throwback pick. Author of two books that we have. Ah, uh, yeah, I, one I one forgot. One. Who was- yeah. Um, on the ultimate fight on the se- the season he was on the ultimate fighter he's just so funny uh, <laughs> one of my he's just a goofy guy one of my favorite fighters of all time also one of the best personalities in the history of the sport Forrest Griffin
0: yeah I think uh, the best MMA basketball player of all time <laughs> if you watch the ultimate fighter he can dunk uh, the contestants of the ultimate fighter season that he coached against Rampage Jackson uh, they described him as Larry Bird in his prime uh, <laughs> that's awesome uh yeah my number three is darren till so i'll jump into my uh my number two pick uh you know does a lot for the sport with his promotion uh says he doesn't know where to find the rankings even though he makes the rankings (laughs) uh the rankings board (laughs) um just just a generally hilarious individual uh chael p son uh you know from morgan as well uh West Lim, is that close
1: to you, West Lim in no Oregon? Clue. I have no clue. I would imagine I it is. I don't think we're I have no – I know it's not like that close. Not yeah. Springfield, but, yeah. All right. I was, uh, I was pretty reluctant not to put Channel on my list because I really do think he's a very funny guy. But I think he tries a little bit too hard sometimes. Oh, come on. Uh, so I didn't put him on my list. But at number two, I have uh, a guy who does the best post-game interviews, the post- best post-fight interviews in the game. Uh, throwing his what? cup in the stands. Uh, I, you probably have this guy at number one, yeah, by the, the look on your face. Derek Lewis, I have at number two. So who
0: do you have at number one? You'll I mean, see. there's nobody funnier than Derek Lewis. You'll see. Well, that's my number one, Derek Lewis. Oh, Derek Lewis,
1: your number one? Okay. My, yeah, number, one? my number one is another throwback. Um, Very underrated. It was hilarious on okay. the season of the Ultimate Fighter he coached. Oh, you're just going to go, okay. I mean, he's is not that, Rampage Jackson.
0: He's not that funny.
1: I think he's hilarious, dude. <laughs> he's great, yeah. Like
0: he's funny. I wanted to put him on my list. He was like hm for me, but like he's not funnier than Derek, man.
1: I think. He's I mean, so come
0: funny. on, dude. He's just Derek before Derek was Derek, but then Derek's better at what he does. I think. But anyway, all right. Well, that's our list. I mean, I, I just I can't believe that Derek Lewis wasn't his number one, but uh. Just because you know Rampage wants to call someone a mermaid, but happy that
1: neither of us had Connor on our list. I'm very yeah. He's not the one. He's not.
0: No, he's not. All right. Most unlikely champion in UFC history. That's our uh, our our next top five. Okay. Charlie started off here.
1: Coming in number five, I got a guy who is super old and fighting way bigger fighters during his time period. Um, he kind of has been like you know, he originated like the ground and pound in the UFC and really showed what wrestling could do. Randy Couture.
0: Yeah, uh, my number five is also in that uh, same division, a little bit more modern. Um, I think Fabricio Verdun, uh, after getting knocked out by JDS, going to strike force, losing to Overeem twice, uh, really didn't see a path for him to get a title shot until that fight with Travis Brown, where he's throwing flying monkey kicks and <laughs> Also, like just his persona is amazing. Like he attacked Colby Covington with a boomerang. Like that's that. a real that's a that real story. Hilarious. That was hilarious. And like it was all on film. And he had an actual like boomerang and threw it at Colby Covington. That's a real thing that happened in the world. And he was charged with common assault, had to pay 460 dollars Guaranteed he was worth every penny. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh Fabrice overdue my number five pick.
1: Um coming in at my number four is uh if I read, 205, current champion. Oh. Um, nobody really saw this. Kick. I mean, coming after he got knocked out by Anthony Johnson and lost Alexander Gustafson a couple years ago. People thought he was on the downhill trajectory and was gonna retire soon. He was getting pretty old. And he worked his way all the way back, kind of changed his game plan and his fighting style a lot so i have number four glover to share
0: yeah uh glover's real good um i had him as kind of like hm type position uh same thing like with rampage on the last list uh but i think there's you know uh, a specific way that i wanted to do this wanted to present my ideas with regards to those lifts so number four uh i went with michael bisbing uh just because he was a journeyman his whole career second longest amount of fights to get a title shot uh and was also a huge underdog in that fight man with one eye like you said uh, hated on everyone with steroids. And, uh, yeah, Michael Bisbeck, number four, now does great work with commentary.
1: Okay, I got number three. Uh, another current champion, a guy that had a super long road to the title, has showed so many improvements in all aspects of the game, has been beat multiple times in the UFC um, and never gave up, kept falling forward. Brandon Moreno.
0: Oh, Brandon Moreno. I thought you were going with my number three, Charles Oliveira. No. Um, I mean, you might have Charles Oliveira more up on your list. You don't have him on your list. No, I don't. Really? 28 fights to a title shot, you don't have him on your list. No. That's crazy. Yeah, he's my number three. Saw him go eight and eight as far as UFC run. Uh, take a lot of losses. Brandon Moreno is a good pick. I probably should have had him on here, but uh, I do not. All right. Next two, number two.
1: Number two is a guy that you had a little bit lower on the list. Uh, a, a double up from my last list, my number five pick for the oh, fighters. He was a huge underdog. I don't even really think he deserved that title shot in the first place when he got it. Yeah,
0: it fell out. It was a Ruckle Wyman fight fell out, and then he got the,
1: yeah. the shot. Uh, but Michael Bisbing, he uh, kind of you know shocked the world with that one.
0: Yeah, so my number two pick is, I think, definitely going to be your number one pick. Uh, probably, uh, Matt, Sarah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just know you too well, right? I got, I got everything up here, but, uh, yeah, you know, like kind of like a, not even a journeyman fighter in the UFC, wasn't really even ranked in the top 15 when he received his title shot because the ultimate fighter shocked the world by beating GSB. So, uh, yeah, Matt, the Tara, Sarah, as my number two pick.
1: Yeah. That's my number one, Matt, Sarah won the season of the ultimate fighter. You get the title shot. Uh, everybody counted him out. He ended up knocking out GSP. Yep. Uh,
0: My number one uh, is someone whose name you might not even know right now. Uh, She was very champion for a very very short time. Uh, She got it from winning a season the Ultimate Fighter. Never defended her title. I don't think even got another win in the UFC after winning the title. Uh, In her last fight, was cut from the UFC after missing weight by nine pounds. So kind of had a really big fall from grace. Uh, Nico Montano uh after winning the season the ultimate fighter uh was the women's flyweight champion and was almost immediately stripped but i don't think but i don't think anyone can really think that she was ever going to be the champ
1: yeah
0: absolutely all right so we're moving into talking about uh, our outside combat sports um talking about some college wrestling and some jujitsu events uh, we're going to start with wrestling. Uh, the Super Bowl, in my opinion, of college wrestling is coming up this Friday. Uh, Penn State versus Michigan. Uh, it's time to see if I'm a smart guy or not for chirping on Michigan all this time this year. I really, really think they have a shot to get it done here. Uh, but Penn State, in these clutch spots, they like always seem to get it done. So I'm really, I'm, I'm having worries about this. What do you think about this, Chuck?
1: Um, I haven't watched too much of either of these teams to be honest. <laughs> But, but this, meet, no, this okay. is one meet that I'll for sure actually be tuning into. I'm really excited to see how um, these guys match up. I love Mason Paris and Steven Michich and their respective matchups of that weight class. Michich is wrestling Austin DeSanto, right? No, he's
0: wrestling Nick Lee.
1: Oh, he's wrestling Nick Lee. And then uh, you got Kirk VL versus Mason Paris, which I don't know. Yep. Uh, Mason Paris is one of my favorite wrestlers in all of the NCAAs right now. So I'm just excited to see high-level wrestling again.
0: Yeah. And then so Aaron Brooks versus Miles Amin is a great matchup. Aaron Brooks, the returning national champ. Miles Amin, the returning Olympic bronze medalist. Um, yeah, like a lot a lot of great matchups. This is definitely, I feel like number one and number two in college wrestling right now uh, will be decided by this duel. And uh, yeah, you know, the, there's also another duel meet that weekend. I, Iowa versus Oklahoma State. A lot of like homers for Iowa, Oklahoma State are thinking that's like the, the Super Bowl of college wrestling, but you know. I always kind of fallen off. They lost a lot of their guys. A lot of the guys are wrestling, and Oklahoma State just really has that one annoying one hundred and seven pounder who I don't even want to say his name because he's really like super cringy everywhere he posts and talks. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, and then we just have this. Back now, and audio falls out when you get a call, I guess. Um, but why do Illinois D one college wrestling team suck so bad?
1: Have they ever been good? I mean, we had. Uh, so what's,
0: what's What's your what's your theory?
1: I don't know that the coach. I don't know. I don't. don't think they can't be good? We should be good if you really think about it. I mean, we're <laughs> one of the best states.
0: We have yeah. But, so I just think that they have trouble keeping the talent in state, and uh, I think that yeah, I think that. Uh, a lot of our state's kind of laws and boosters don't really, like, value wrestling.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, did uh, Deacon graduate, Ryan Deacon? No, he's just got – this is last year. Is he the number one seed at that division right now? Uh, two behind David Carr. Okay. So, the Northwestern's got a shot at a national champ again this year.
0: Because- yeah, they do. All right. Uh, now we got a huge grappling event also coming up this weekend. Craig Jones versus Pedro Mourinho, uh, my teammate for the couple of times that I've been in Unity. Uh, Levi Jones, who I've rode with, and he's just a fucking killer against Ty Rosolow. Nick Rod, the purple belt, who always beats up on black belts, is fighting rolling off Elder Cruz. Uh, Jacob Couch, the hillbilly hammer, versus Heisman Rita, and then the giant Slayer Esteban Martinez, who is I think he's like four foot nine, one hundred and ten pounds uh is fighting michael Musumishi. i know you're not really super interested in grappling like that but uh who's number one's been off for a while and they're coming at us with a, a real big card uh give us some thoughts about the names that you know on this card and uh what you think you can expect
1: um, i definitely know craig jones i know he's <laughs> the level guys he's part of like uh the downer death squad right that is no longer a thing
0: yeah where, where he it used to be yeah, he used yeah to be it's no longer. now
1: he's like uh He took all the guys who like weren't Gordon from the Don Hurtado
0: squad and formed the B team. His B team BJJ. Um,
1: I do not know this, but I'm definitely would be interested. (laughs) It's
0: like hilarious, you know. He walks. He does like the OnlyFans rash guard. Oh my god! Uh, (laughs) He is the OnlyFans rash guard and the the tiger stripe uh, tights. He's just a character.
1: Um, yeah, I definitely know Nick Rodriguez too. Uh, This guy's kind of relevant in the wrestling world as well. It's kind of why. Yeah. uh, he's done like the kind of like the wrestling type super matches where like they have wrestling, come- yeah, where you wrestle Pat Downey, yeah. Um, and I also have definitely heard of this Muchamichi guy, and yeah. I'm really excited to see like a really small guy. i had a really big guy, that's always fun, so yeah.
0: Well, like, Muchamichi's not big, but uh, he's like much bigger. I mean, did you, like Esteban Martinez, like. He's a, a rooster weight and he enters in all like the super heavyweight black belt tournaments. He does like crazy flying car wheel backflip guard passes. And he, yeah, he's like four foot 10, I think, uh, very small. Yes, uh, at 110 before. I'd be surprised actually if he weighs 100 pounds. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting. Uh, and always like seeing him fight. I presume Musumichi's probably going to kill him. But uh, yeah. All right. Only had one question this week. You guys really got to do better. I mean, that's on us too. We got to interact with you guys a little bit more. Charlie's maybe a little bit more social media savvy than me, and he hasn't been uh, been taking a social media sabbatical. So, uh, and I'm sure once you start posting clips, we'll get a little bit more interaction. But uh, we only had one question from my roommate Dylan. uh, So we're going to actually take a little bit of time to, uh, you know, answer this one. Uh, Which fight happened that you never wanted to see, or that you? Which fight never happened that you always wanted to see? Uh, you can choose fighters from any era. So we each have a couple. Uh, what do you think, Chuck?
1: Well, my first one, I got two of the highest level strikers that we've ever seen in the game. Some two people that were like, you know, we got like Israel Adesanya, the style bender, and kind of a guy who was a style bender before his era, or before Adesanya, Lyoto Machida. Interesting. I think that would be a really cool fight to see, you know, two kind of oh. kickboxing karate type, Fighters, I think that would be one of the most intriguing striking matchups to ever take place in the history of the UFC. That's my yeah, opinion. interesting.
0: So, uh, yeah, I went with one, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus GSP. It's obviously an easy one, uh, but in a fight that actually almost happened, but just the style matchup and uh, the wrestling versus the wrestling and the, the jab versus the jab. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to think that probably Khabib would have taken this one, but uh, you know, it would have been super interesting to see.
1: Yep. Okay, my second pick is um, another one, two guys in two different weight classes, similar styles, both two of the most prolific knockout artists in the history of the UFC. Both are still active fighters, currently fighting in different promotions, though. Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Francis Ngannou.
0: So my next one actually also included Francis Ngannou. Um, Francis Ngannou versus Fedor, prime Fedor. Uh, I'm sure Francis would have probably knocked him out. But I mean, just to even see like the 45 seconds of wild warfare that would have occurred between those two gentlemen would have been worth the price of admission for sure. All right. Do you have any more or is that it for you?
1: Oh, that is it for me. You have one more. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, I just have one more. Uh, I would have liked to see, uh, and this fight was actually scheduled, didn't happen because of some health issues, but uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson versus you all, Romero. Uh, just a, a two big clash of styles. Uh, it was scheduled for the opening round of the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix. Didn't happen because of some health issues. Uh, actually, you know, sending love to Rumble Johnson. Uh, his his health issues are non-disclosed right now. But uh, apparently they're life-threatening. Apparently he's fighting for his life right now. So uh, shout out Rumble. Uh, hopefully we get to see him fight again. But even if not, just uh, prayers for health for Rumble, for sure. Ooh, it's scary, man. Yeah, definitely scary. I mean, he's in great shape. Uh, you 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 know if he's having heart problems, you got to think maybe some some steroid. But I don't even want to get into all of that. Um, all right, last segment of the week, uh, we got our bets of the week. I'll let Charlie start.
1: Um, again, I'm kind of <laughs> from. Um, so that,
0: what I wanted to mention too is that next week I'm gonna bet on the fights. I'm gonna actually bet on the fights. Sports forget betting and gambling just became legal in New York. So these bets that I, I showcase, I'm gonna bet on the fights next week. I will not be doing that, by the way. Yeah, well, it's, it's not legal in Oregon. But uh, So then what we'll, we'll be able to do with that is we'll also be able to include maybe a parlay. Yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting.
1: This week, I just wanted to bet on the main event and the co-main event as those are the only two fights I'm super intrigued with. And, I mean, you saw my picks earlier. I'm just going with what my picks were. And Ganu by knockout and Brandon Moreno by decision.
0: And what are the lines for those? I have no clue you didn't look at the lines no so i, I have brandon moreno by decision on here too uh, i have that actually for five eighths of a unit uh at a plus 225 so it's actually uh an underdog pick interesting um so that that's my first one i have five picks here uh so i had five eighths of a unit on brandon moreno by decision i had a quarter unit on Vieira versus Terman to be done in under one and a half rounds because you figure Vier is going to get him down and submit him or he's going to get real tired and probably lose. Uh, so it's one and a half rounds. Uh, that's at plus 115. Uh, good pick there. Uh, I did half a unit on Pereira to win by KO, TKO, or DQ. That's at plus 165. I have no idea how those odds are there. I mean, I, I would imagine that him by knockout is probably like the favorite outcome, but it's just what showed up. Uh, And then I have half a unit on Cyril gone by decision at plus 275. Uh, I think, again, I'm getting a real good bet on that because I think if Cyril does win, it's probably likely that it's going to be by decision. France has never been finished, never been close to being finished. So, yeah. And then I I just took a little nibble and threw one eighth of a unit on gone versus Francis to end in the first 60 seconds at 12 to one plus 1200. Uh, I'm not going to be right on this one, but can you imagine if I was?
1: I mean,
0: I think there's a chance. (laughs) <laughs> have you ever watched Francis and him fight no, that's the thing like yeah so if, if I hit this one I would need to hit all my other ones I'd still get a profit I could miss every other pick and I'd still get a profit
1: I think there's a fair chance that does happen
0: <laughs> yeah I mean you know if you say like if Francis wins and you said oh he won under a minute I wouldn't be that surprised
1: yeah absolutely. yeah so
0: those are my picks I have five picks uh, how did you do last week with your picks
1: I don't remember I think I picked um, I can look
0: yeah, because I know I was down half a unit. So now I'm uh, up one unit lifetime. I honestly don't don't know. You don't know? Okay, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> so for next week, uh Charlie's gonna do his research. He's gonna find those uh, odds on DraftKings and uh gonna make a uh gonna start keeping record of uh, how his unit picks are doing. So we're trying to help the people, we're trying to make the people some money this week, job huh? That's our goal all right uh thank you everybody for tuning in we really appreciate it again next week our sound quality is going to be a lot better and we're going to have some more interaction with some social media stuff so really appreciate you guys tuning in see you next week thanks Mm -hmm.